The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome again, everyone. I'm so happy to be with you. Let me make sure I have my recording on here. Okay. I think I'm all good. Ah. Uh, so this week, I uh, brought a set of uh, stories of the great uh, women disciples of the Buddha. And uh, this, um, I guess there's a five women I'm going to bring forth uh, this week. I came from a wide range of life situations, backgrounds. Um, Yet each of them, uh, in their own ways, have experienced wide range of challenges and losses in their own lives. And not only that, they also have experienced all kinds of difficulties and challenges that came from the broader culture and the society that they live in. And yet, um, they were not disabled by them or hindered by them. And so this heroic uh, women rose beyond all of the difficulties and challenges and the pain that they experienced. And they were transformed by the Dhamma. And so the first of four women I'll be speaking about uh, were from the times of the Buddha. And they were uh, considered to be awakened uh, individuals. And the last one I'll be bringing in is a modern day uh, woman disciple. And I hope uh, that these stories would inspire and uplift us in some way that each of us know that um, for ourselves that the liberation is possible. Uh, for each of us. So the first woman I brought in, uh, the story of the Patachara. So many of you may have heard of this. Um, but we have a Patachara statue in IRC. And so this is um, maybe why I chose to begin with the Patachara. So there is a, a bit of uh, affinity. Uh, with uh, the IMC and IRC community. And the Patachara statue is sitting in inside retreat center, our retreat center right now. And so for those who go there to meditate, um, may see this. Um, So I'd like to uh, tell a little story about um, Patachara's life and uh, her awakening journey. And there is a collection uh, called uh, Apadana. And I will be drawing some of the verses from uh, this Polycana collection. And this is translated by John Waters, and it's called The Legends of the Terries. Terries are senior 
uh, female disciples uh, of the Buddha. And so they are considered to be legends. Um, and so Patachara was born out of rather wealthy family. So he was born into a well-to-do family. And as a young woman, she fell in love with a servant's boy of her family. And in those days, um, the caste system is quite strong. And they were not supposed to marry uh, outside of their own caste system. And this, um, in some ways, it's a remain to be a quite strong system in different parts of the world, uh, in India particularly, even now. And so, um, but, you know, she fell in love as a young woman and uh, they ended up running away from the household, uh, house that uh, she was born into. And so they had to leave and uh, lived in uh, some villages a uh, little far away from Pachachara's home. And uh, along the way, um, uh, she had given a birth to one son. And then with the second one in her womb, uh, she's uh, ready to go back to see their family. She's really missing their family. And so, um, but uh, she was recounting this experience. She said, my husband was not pleased at uh, this thought. And so then when she was, on, when he was on a journey, I snuck out of the house alone to go to Savati, which is uh, where her family was living. And so she decided to go on her own with a second child in her womb and with basically a toddler in her hand. And uh, this time running away from her husband had to go back to visit the family. But the husband uh, caught on um, and began to chase after her. And uh, in this process, uh, her labor pain uh, began to happen. And right around that time, uh, she recounted that at the time for me to give birth to this second a baby in the womb, a massive rain cloud arose there. And then my husband, having gone to find the grass, even though her husband caught up with the family, um, Pachachara decided not to go back and they continued to go. So this rain cloud came and a rainstorm came and the husband went to go find some grass to make some fire, maybe shelter in some way. But he was killed by a poisonous snake. And so Patachara said, Then miserable and helpless, in the throes of painful childbirth, going toward a relative's house, seeing an overflowing stream. So having lost a husband, you can imagine that, uh, you know, now he has, a, uh, she has a newborn in the hand and a toddler and there's no way going back now. 
Um, but there is this overflowing stream that's um, right in front of her because of the rainstorm. And so uh, she had to carry this newborn across the flowing river while keeping the toddler on the other riverbank for the time being. She couldn't do take both in one shot. And then when she had put the baby uh, on the other side and nursed the baby and ready to come back to the other side of the uh, the stream to get the toddler right in the midstream. This is what uh, Patachara recounted. She said, I turned and Osprey carried off my wailing baby. Then the current swept the toddler away, my other son. What happened? What happened here? So she put the baby on the other side of the bank, but the osprey saw the baby and dived down and picked up the baby and left to flew away. And so she was yelling and screaming and waving and tried to get the baby down. But this screaming and yelling, the toddler thought, Oh, mommy was calling me to come. So he started walking towards the river, towards the flow. And then the toddler got swept away. This is just within 24 hours. She lost her husband, her baby, and her toddler, just like that. And she was overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the grief, the loss. And so now she had no choice but to go back to Savati to go visit um, her family. There's no other way now, right? And yet on the way to go visit uh, Savati, um, People saw her on the way, and she inquired about her family. And someone told them the whole family was killed because of the rainstorm the last night. The house collapsed. Her parents and her brother. All died within this 24 to 48 hours. So she's gone mad. I, I, I feel like this is the kind of a pain that the logical mind just can't hold. It's kind of beyond what our mind can hold. And so she's gone mad. Uh, she cries, uh, sobs, and began to wander around, uh, kind of like crazy woman. Uh, and she said, 
I grew pale and a thing, helpless. This was the, uh, the state of a being she was in. The clothes were torn, and the people began to throw stuff at her, and thinking this is a mad woman. And in the midst of this, uh, the Buddha was staying at Savati, uh, the Ananta Pintika's monastery, right then. And she was wandering around and, and saw the Buddha far away. And this was at the time when uh, there's a moment uh, that uh, some sort of uh, consciousness came back to her. And, um, and when she finally saw the Buddha, and she began to recount this whole experience to the Buddha. And the Buddha listened to her compassionately. At the end of her recount, the Buddha said this to her. But little water do the oceans for contain, compared with all the tears that one shed by sorrow smitten, and by suffering distraught. The Buddha put her sorrow and grief in perspective. The 10,000 sorrows and grief that we experience, even the four great oceans, couldn't contain it all. And so the Buddha continued, Do not grieve, child, Breathe easily. You should look after yourself. Why uselessly torment yourself? There are no sounds to give shelter, and there is no shelter for the family. And those words penetrated her mind deeply. For her, this is uh, this was truth. She saw how fragile it was. And she was relying, counting on the family and the children and the parents. One by one uh, was swept away right underneath of her feet. And so she knew the impermanence of all things so deeply right there. because she experienced this vividly. So right then, she knew the truth of Anicca. Impermanence. She knew the truth of Dukkha. She knew the truth of clinging to Dukkha. Clinging is, is Dukkha. And so right then, and there was a moment of a transformation for her. And so she entrusted herself to the Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha. And that ever since that day, she practiced diligently. And this poem, um, it's translated by uh, Gil Franstow, 
um, speaks to her awakening experience. I'd like to read this poem from uh, Terigatta. Plowing fields with plows, sowing seeds in the ground, caring for children and a wife, young man gain wealth. Why is that I follow in virtuous conduct, doing the Buddha's instruction? Not lazy or proud, have not attained release. Having washed my feet, I watched the water, the foot washing water, flowing from high ground to low. With this, the mind concentrated, like a thoroughbred horse. Taking an oil lamp, I entered my hut. Looking over the bed, I sat down on the bed. Taking a needle, I pulled out the wick. As the flame went out, the mind was freed. So this was possible for Patichara, even after the ocean of a sorrow and a grief. And not only Patichara become uh, became awakened, uh, she was known to be the one who taught many other nuns, disciples. And I'd like to um, evoke maybe a sense of inspiration through Pachachara's story. And there is a Pachachara statue in IRC. And for those uh, who go to IRC to do the retreat practice, maybe wander to the walking hall right now. And just stand right in front of the Pachachara for a few moments. May this uplift all of us. May awakening be a possibility for all beings. Thank you, everyone. And we will continue tomorrow with another story.